Welcome to another episode of Life's 3x5's podcast. Liz and Tim have created the ideal conversation formula for them. Everything begins with what's on a 3x5 index card. It can be anything and it can go anywhere in 30 minutes or so. If allowed, they can somehow magically become connected by a single word. And now, today's unscripted and unpredictable conversation between two longtime radio friends from a remote location with Liz Wilder and Tim Larson. Tim, are you cooled off yet? Oh, no. I think you're what? Are you on shirt number three? uh, Shirt number four. Four? What about underwear? I know. Underwear, first first batch, but I need to go into the dining (laughs) hall and change my underwear. And isn't that just a sad admission? It it is a beautiful day, but... Very hot and muggy. Yeah, when you're hiking and you're setting up equipment and stuff like that, your underwear takes a beating because (laughs) there's... Well, and we had lunch with the scouts. So let's just tell everybody, this is Life's 3x5s, and I'm Liz Wilder. And I'm Tim Larson. And we are at Canyon Camp Boy Scout (laughs) Camp, and Tim is just sweating like crazy. We are. I'm loving this. And we just finished up lunch. And that's another thing. When you're packing, what, 210 scouts in the round uh, dining hall behind us, wonderful food. They are very organized and everything else. But when when you get that many people in an area, there's just no escape. And it's a whole different ballgame. When we camp here in the winter, we just keep putting clothes on. You camp in the winter? Oh, I do, yeah. Oh, wow. When we were at Troop 123... Uh, I was not a Boy Scout, but my son is a Boy Scout and an Eagle Scout. Uh, I think he got his Eagle Scout maybe five years ago. Um, We camped 12 months out of the year. I mean, there were times where we would go to a cave, and that's 54 degrees in the cave no matter what. And then there's other times that we would go in almost just adjacent to a cornfield somewhere, but we found somewhere to go 12 months a year. Wow. Well, yeah. you answered one of my questions, which was also going to be a three by five question, but I just love the way I'm going to say. I was going to ask you if you were ever a Boy Scout, and of course you said no, but Mm-mm. your son was, and he was also an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. That's a big thing in my family. My uncle Jerry, uh, his son Michael, my nephews John Paul and Jared, um, my cousin Denny and his sons Chris and Tim were all Eagle Scouts. My stepdad Tom Hutchinson was an Eagle Scout. Mm-hmm. They did a lot and and then my nephew Jared was in I hope I get this right order of the arrow yes okay order of the arrow which mm-hmm. I guess is pretty prestigious I don't know much about it but and I don't know who else was in order of the arrow either mm-hmm. I think my uncle was my uncle Jerry um, I think Michael was my cousin Michael and I'm not sure if my stepdad was or not and I'll tell you at your family reunions if yes. you are ever looking for a conversation piece uh-huh. with any of these people just say tell me something about your scouting and mm. you may be set for the afternoon <laughs> because wow. it doesn't yeah. matter how long you were in Scouts. doesn't matter what troop you were in. Does the breeze feel good? Um, it does feel really good. Yeah. You can hear it in the microphone. Yeah, yeah. Um, and Jared was not here. We, we were not here. This is my first time at this Boy Scout. We're more um, middle of Illinois and Missouri. And, of course, my cousins were in South Carolina. Mm-hmm. And Tom was southern Illinois. So um, I think it's... Camp Eagle Fort or something like that, and Camp Saginaw is mm. what my cousin Jared or my cousin, my nephew Jared, was involved with. Let me give you an so, example. Yeah. A guy lived across the street from us for several years. His name is Rich Morris, mm-hmm. and 
he was cleaning out his garage and he had a bunch of stuff in the rafters of his garage. Oh. So I'm seeing him do this. You know, we're sharing yells back and forth to the yard. Hey, what are you doing today? So at that night, he came over and got myself and my son. And he goes, I have to show you something that I found in the rafters. Oh. Now, keep in mind, we've known this guy for four years and this conversation has never come up. He showed us this suitcase that wasn't very big, but it was clearly very, very old and very rugged and okay. rattered and everything else. He opened up this suitcase and the only thing in that suitcase, and you could not have put one more in there, was Boy Scout patches. Everything? All Boy Scout patches filled Ev it? Everything. So not only was it his merit badges, which that's a whole different category, but of course, every time somebody farts, the Boy Scouts make a patch. <laughs> Seriously. So if they have oh my God, that's if hilarious. they have a Klondike camp or they have something in the summer at this particular campsite that's very specific to them, you are a patch collector. It's like, yes, I was there. And if you doubt me, then I will go show you my patch. That's oh. sort of what they do. And it turns out that the conversation that that ended up around a campfire in our front driveway was that Rich grew up in a Boy Scout camp in Pennsylvania. Oh, fun. We never knew that. His dad was the keeper of the property, that they actually have a house on the property. Now, Canyon Camp does not have a house on the property. They used to, it's now torn down, but Camp Loudon has a family that is on property. And that's what Rich did. It, it was amazing how many different um, commonalities that we could share back and forth, but it's also amazing what we didn't know about this guy. That's it was, crazy. It was cool, and it's only because he was cleaning his garage and found a suitcase. Oh, that's so much fun. By the way, I have a toast. Uh, so do I, but go ahead with yours. I do. We are okay. drinking... Uh, Out of these funny little weird-looking cups. I know. We're drinking water in... in <laughs> we in, need to drink water. In what, in what have, I have always called these as our ugly mugs, and... I think that they were popular because of Philmont. Philmont is the camp that's down in New Mexico. Uh, but these cups are indestructible and always have been. And at the end of our, like, NYLT or summer camp or something like that, we take a, uh, a wood-burning iron and sort of design into this hard plastic. And that's what you've got. Mm. That's mine from hmm. the National Youth Leadership Training Program. Hmm. So anyway, okay. let, let me tell you this one. It's a quote from Robert Baden-Powell. He was the originator of Scouts. Okay. Here's to teaching Scouts not how to get a living, but rather how to live. Oh, sweet. Yeah. It's that's so a true. good one. It's so true. The Scout movement is sort of building men and women as citizens mm -hmm. and they sort of stand on these three rocks health happiness and helpfulness and if you can stand even though you're not three-legged mm -hmm. but if you can stand on those three rocks evenly you'll sort of stay out of the water if you know what Help, i mean happiness and what helpfulness helpfulness yes cool so, i like that anyway well, i'm telling you what this is an awesome place i've i have seen where you are from, so to speak, yeah. where you are from. So I'm watching them right now. There's a group that's learning how to raise and lower the American flag. And there is a way to do it, mm -hmm. to fold the flag and do all that. We've been past the swimming pool, which it looks like <laughs> it's um, 
is it uh, full length, Olympic length? It's not Olympic length. No, it's not Olympic. No, but they do. They were doing life saving courses and things like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. I heard somebody I, go, I don't think a drowned person can stand. <laughs> drowning person's supposed to stand. So the you victim know, was the cheating victim a little was bit. Cheating. Yeah. yeah it was kind of funny. <laughs> a little bit. And then we were at the climbing wall um, yeah. and then seeing somebody. What was it? Milk crates. Doing milk crates. Climbing on milk crates. Or, yeah, the or milk crate challenge milk crate is... challenge. How many milk crates can you climb on top of one at a time with your feet just in the handles? Uh-huh. And then while you're up there, they hand you another one. Another one, yeah. This guy, 59 Sean. years old, and he did fantastic. Did 15! He, did he do 15? 15! They were it, handing him the 16th. Yeah. And so, of course, I'm waiting for him to teeter. He and did it's, not. And, oh, and as soon as he did, you know, of course, they've got him hooked up to a harness yep, and yep. he has a belay and all these things with he's not going to fall. And just as he teetered, I start taking pictures. So I've got this whoa picture that we'll put on our website. For sure. And the website is <laughs> lifes3x5s.com. Yes. So yes. much fun. So hey, much fun. I've got a story to tell you that okay. I, I do have a whole packet of stories that I have been thinking of in the last week or so that has been connected to scouts. Okay. You remember I told you about Mixed Book? You know, the yes. hardcover photo books? Yes. Okay. Debbie Phillips told me about Mixed Book, and I have believed in it ever since. And here's why she was telling me about Mixed Book. I mean, you it's take a, so many pictures? It's so weird how it went. Her son, Devin Phillips, who I think was 6'6 at the time when, oh, he, wow. when he left for college, can't remember his major, but he wanted to be a ranger in the national parks somewhere. Oh, wow. Make a long story short, he is. He met his wife there. Uh, she was also on the same track with being uh, a, a ranger. I think he was assigned to the Rocky Mountains, and she was assigned to the Everglades. Oh, wow. And then somehow they arranged to be able to get it back together. I'm not really sure where he's assigned now. But anyway, part of his training, believe it or not, can you imagine this? Boy Scouts. No, oh. this is this is for being a ranger in the national parks, but oh. this is showing how what he learned in the Boy Scouts paid off. They set them out on an island off the coast of Alaska for a month. And they said, here's your supplies. Here are the coordinates for your cabin. Here is everything you need to know about this place. And you have a canoe and you have all these tools and you have a hatchet and I mean, they tell him everything that they've left mm -hmm. there for them. Mm -hmm. We will see you in a month. Oh. Him and this other guy. So about halfway through their month. Now, this is his mother telling me this. Oh He's boy. got the pictures to prove it because she's showing me right, the book. Right, right, yeah. right. A storm came because it's not unlikely for a storm to come off right. the Pacific and hit Seattle and Ketchikan and those types of places. A tree fell and took out the end wall on their cabin completely took it out. The next morning, he's eating cornflakes and a bear is watching him eat breakfast. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So this is a little bit of a dire situation. This is not, well, let's do it next week. No, no. We got to get that wall up now. Yes. Yeah. But how do we do it? They got on the satellite phone okay. and they call back to headquarters and they say, this is what's happened. And they said, okay, here are the coordinates for a mill. Go to this mill Mm -hmm. Drag it back, chop up that tree that just fell and ruined your cabin, make it into boards, and make your wall. And that's what they did. Amazing. So Devin Phillips, high fives until the cows come home for that alone. Woohoo! And to hear that from his mother, yeah, it, it cool. had a whole different 
a feel to it because it's not like he's coming back with bragging rights. Right. This is his mother going, holy crap, how did he do this? Well, yeah, so how did you, you know, you have to, you're learning about it. Well, you're learning about that here at Boy Scouts. I yeah. saw a bunch of knots. They're learning about how to do knots. My nephew Jared does knots all the time. Lashings. Yeah. You were telling me that's what those pole things were, lashing. So you're lashing yeah. wood and together if, and, and making. If you, and if you keep in practice, you're yeah. in great shape. But it's like anything else. If you don't keep in practice, you, it just fades away a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of like us when we're walking through these paths and we're picking the berries, the oh. blackberries. I mean, I think I probably could have lived on the blackberries. Those were really good berries yeah. today. And yeah. lamb's ear. Have you heard of lamb's ear? Uh, well, you, know, you showed it, it to me at your house. You can find it in the forests, too. It's very soft. It's wonderful. It's, it was used way back when for bandages and... <laughs> toilet paper because it's really soft it's really soft yeah, yeah. yeah. you're going to have to have more than one leaf but hey yeah true true, yeah, true. it's really really soft but it's cool uh, later on we're going to talk to Seth Kinnar and Lee Binkley Lee's been here for a very very long time and Seth has too as a scout but now he's a staff member and a director so we'll get those perspectives coming up a little bit later on but uh, as I was mentioning to them uh, when we were back on the back 40 uh, it's amazing how if you keep track of kids you've known in Scouts, where Scouts has led them into their career choices. Uh, Mike Eichstead was uh, spelunking one time. I, I think it was called Eagle Cave. I think it was up in Wisconsin. And we spent the night, and, of course, there's bats all over. And it was, oh, God, it was just, it was crazy. And it was dirty and nasty yeah. and slimy and so much fun. And of course, there's just a <laughs> bunch of us that are going in between these really tight spaces. We were up there with Troop 123. Well, Mike Eichstead got stuck. Uh -oh. So he was trying to go through this S-shaped area and he got stuck and he could not go backwards and he could not go forwards. Oh, and no. this is not like it's off the beaten path. This is down deep in the cave. So if there was any way for him to get out, it was going to be his fellow scouters figuring out, out, yeah, the little guys that could go back in there and get him out. So it was a little nerve wracking for us adults mm -hmm. because we couldn't do anything because we're too big. We couldn't mm -hmm. get back in there. But he kept calm mm -hmm. and he did get out, obviously. Rule number <laughs> one, keep calm. Yes, yeah. yeah, he did get out. So he comes into the dining hall and uh, his dad, Rick Eichstead, says, so, Mike, I gotta ask you, is there any one time when you were stuck that you said to yourself, does this cave make my butt look big? Oh my God. <laughs> so he made a really lighthearted situation out of a really bad situation, but the career launch for that is, Mike is now an archeologist in Alabama. Oh, how fun. Yeah. So he's in there playing in the dirt all the time. <laughs> he is, he is a sort cool. of a playing in the dirt kind of guy. <laughs> yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. Well, yeah. you know what? That kind of comes with up with one of my three by fives. Uh, actually, I got a couple of three by five cards. So I don't even know. Uh, let's, I'll just pull eeny, meeny, miny, mo. Okay, so here. This one is from Sherry, who is from Tulsa, Oklahoma. Hey. What is a lesson you have learned the hard way? Wow. I know. When I read that, I was like, whoa, you, Sherry, you're putting me on the spot on this one. You are not going to believe. I'm going to hand you a piece of paper that you had no idea that I have. Okay. And I had no idea that you had that. No, you didn't. But look at the top of that piece of paper. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so 
So Again, he, so what's a lesson you've learned the hard way? Thank you very much, Sherry, by the way. I'm not going to say the lesson until the very end because this will describe this a little bit better. Okay. There was a tribe elder that overheard one of the warriors and he pulled him aside later on and gave him a project. Now it's what he overheard that made him give him this project. He says, I want you to gather six ducks and feather them and put them in a bag and take them to the mountaintop on the windiest day that you've ever had in your life. Feather them. Yes, yeah, take take their feathers off. Oh, de-feather yeah. them. De-feather them. Yes, oh, yes, yeah. yes. Okay, okay. Open the bag, let all the feathers out, and return to me with the bag empty. Oh, boy. Goes, okay. So a couple of days later, you know, he had his ducks killed and had his bag full, and he went up on the mountain and he came back. And he says, now... I want you to go back to that same mountaintop. I want you to pick the calmest day you've seen in a very long time. And I want you to collect all of those feathers into this same bag. <laughs> the guy goes, it's impossible. It's absolutely impossible. How could I possibly do that? You made me go up there on the windiest day possible on a mountaintop. They're everywhere. And he goes, well, I had you do this because I heard you a week ago and you were scattering words all over the tribe and you cannot take them back. Mm. And they're just like feathers. You cannot take them back. So that's the answer to Sherry's three by fives contribution that you say things that you just absolutely cannot take back. So watch your words. Yes. And know, and know your audience. Know to your That's audience. Cool. I mean, and this is not one of those situations where it's, oh, when are you expecting? Not a foot in your mouth type of thing mm-hmm. that way. Mm-hmm. No, this is this is a whole different avenue. Wow. Do you have an answer for her on her three by fives? I really do not. I thought, ah, oh, this is a good one. But you know, there's there's a lot of lessons that I've learned the hard way. You know, yeah, keeping your mouth shut's a big one. <laughs> I have a hard time with that one. But yeah, it's just do you- it's it, there, that's a good one. Yours was really good. Do you have a harder time as a youth or a harder time now? Ah, uh, I think I had a harder time as a youth Me because too. now I kind of know what I should and should not have done, and I know how and when to be quiet and mm-hmm. how and when to say something. I'm learning how and when to say the right thing at yeah, the right time. All the time. Yeah. 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 Uh, I saw somebody that posted something, just a little blurb on Facebook the other day. It said, um, there is no such thing as a grumpy old person. Those are just people that have decided not to be so much polite and so much honest. Mm. Yeah. Or happy. Yeah. <laughs> so now you sort of have to look back and go, well, I want to be honest, but do I say anything or do I just not say anything? But I really want to be honest because that person over there is stepping in the manure. Over and over and over again. I know it's tough. It's I, very hard. It's, it's very, yeah. very tough. So I have to ask you this because we've been, you know, talking to the people left and right. And when we were chatting with chatting with Lee in the back mm-hmm. and who was the other gentleman? John uh, Wurzel. John, John, John. Yeah, mm-hmm. John. You guys were talking in acronyms and I'm like, I don't have a clue what you're saying. So you're going to have to explain what 
OA is, NYLT, SPL. Okay. SPA, okay. Okay. ABC, <laughs> yeah. EFG, whatever. You know, there's so many letters that were flying around. I'm like, yeah. I have no clue what you're yeah. saying. Not being a Boy Scout. Yeah, you a need. A Girl Scout, but not a Boy Scout. You needed so. a glossary of some sort? I do. Okay. I do. So tell me what they mean. Well, OA is Order of the Arrow. Oh, well, that was an easy one. Yeah. I, I SPL one. is the Senior Patrol Leader. Oh, Senior Patrol So that's leader. sort okay. of the uh, leader of the youth. The herder of the cats. So, so it's is it not like in charge of your troop? Like yes. Your troop leader? Yeah, it could be on the troop level. It could okay. be on the council level. It could be a, on the uh, event level, like the NYLT, which is the National Youth Leadership Training. Oh, okay. Um, so it, it, it could be an SPL or a scoutmaster could be assigned to any of those posses, you okay. know, to be able to get the job done. Okay, cool. Yeah. And then you were talking about different camps. So the sites that the kids put up their tents and they sleep in overnight here when you're at this big campground mm -hmm. have different names, correct? They, Am they, I correct? They do. They okay, do. Okay, so we've seen, we walked by two of them and there are many more up a hill? Up on the bluff, which we will drive up there. Oh, okay. okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, I was asking you because <laughs> this morning I saw somebody in boots and I was like, oh, you're wearing boots. Of course, it was raining here this morning. It's yeah. beautiful, sunshiny, and windy, and beautiful now. There was a fair amount of mud. Mud, yes. And yeah. she goes, oh, that's because we're up on Suicide Hill. And I'm like, oh, what is Suicide oh, Hill? Oh, it has earned the name. Uh, and I still don't Suicide know. Hill is over by the staff cabins. I really should have pointed it out yeah, to you. Yeah, you should have. Yeah. It, but that's uh, okay. I, I, I can take, it's I'll a, take your word it's for an, it. It's an electric line. You know, so there's poles or telephone or whatever, whatever the utilities are that they've done. And they had to widen the trees in order mm -hmm. to be able to get the poles and the lines through there. Mm -hmm. Well, when they widened that, it just makes a fantastic winter sled. Or ah. when it's wet, you just sort of jump onto Slide something plastic down. and go. Okay. But once you've committed to it, Oh, baby. There's no turning back. No, not unless okay. you hit one of the telephone poles. Then, oh, no. Then you can sort of stop it and hang on. You know, we were talking about the different campsites. We went to church campsite, and we also went to Tall Timbers. You notice that there are platforms during summer camp. Yes, yes, and I didn't and, understand that. And there are wall tents. So it's not the kind of tents that we would set up when we come in as a troop. But these are for summer camp. So you have your tent there. It's like an army tent. It's a very, very thick canvas. Yes, yes. And then you've got... Uh, you've and that's got, what you call wall tents. Yeah, and, okay. you've got, and you've got two cots in there, and that's it. Okay. You bring everything else. Well, the thing about that kind of canvas on summer days is it's like an oven. Oh. So you immediately have to get in there and roll your edges back and get some air circulating through there. Well, the other thing that wall tents love is moisture well spiders love moisture yuck yeah so at the very peak of any given wall tent you will see a spider and typically they're wolf spiders and they'll be a little bit bigger than a 50 cent piece well so that's the first thing that you check okay so here's my tent mate here's my tent mate jeff haymaker oh my gosh i and, can just hear it and he clearly does not like spiders oh no so of course he's checking and double checking and he came in on a wednesday i came in on a sunday so he's pop quizzing me he goes have you had any problems with spiders no no not at all jeff no 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 not at all okay mm -hmm. fine mm -hmm. so we get everything all cleared out and we go to bed three o'clock in the morning I feel something almost like a feather across my lips. Mm. And it's a wolf spider mm. walking across my face. 
Well, of course, you know, when you feel it, just like if it was a feather, you would sort of slap yourself and, you know, do that. Mm-hmm. Well, here it is three in the morning. So I wake Jeff up because I'm having a fit over here with slapping myself, get this spider out of there. Oh my God, I'd be dead. And of course he wants to know if it's a spider. And I go, no, 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 Jeff, no, it was just a bad nightmare. No, no spiders. I could not bear to tell him that we had a spider in the tent because he would have gotten zero sleep. He was that much of a phobia. About walking across your face. It did (gasps) at three in the morning. Are they poisonous? No. Gross. Yeah, 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 yeah. Gross. Hey, I mean, you know something? Like crazy. Yuck. Something anyway. I wanted to tell you too that I don't think we've mentioned before, which it was so cool to be able to use it here at Canyon, is Cornell University a couple of years ago invented this app called Merlin Bird. Mm-hmm. And uh, hang on, you got something on you? Oh, uh, I think it was a beetle. Yeah, yeah no I spiders. <laughs> I don't like spiders. I don't <laughs> like snakes. I don't like. I can sing that song yeah. for you. Yeah, he was yeah. a he was Ooh, a he was yucky. a big crunchy one. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, they have made this app that if you hit record and you record maybe a minute of wildlife, mm-hmm. it will start running a list of all the birds that it hears and then you can save it. So if you want to go home and say, I recorded this and here are the birds I found at Canyon Camp, it'll record that for you that you can share. We're going to put that on the website yeah. too because that's and it's really free. neat. It's really sort of cool. Ooh, fun, 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 fun. Yeah. What else do you want to know about camp? About Canyon oh, Camp. Oh, well, oh, oh, oh what, I got what, one. What? I got one. I talked to my buddy, Brandon Colmark, and I said, uh, can you give me a couple of topics? Because we're going to Canyon Camp on Monday. Uh-oh. And he said, <laughs> you know, this is why I love him, because he is so off the trail. Oh, boy. And I've never seen him get poison ivy. For as often as he's off the trail mentally, I've never seen him get poison ivy. He said, what animated character would make the best campfire host? You know, like when you have the great big fires and you got a lot of people. This is not like six people around a campfire. Okay. This is your host with skits and songs and stuff like that. What animated character would be the best campfire host? My answer would be Genie from Aladdin. Could you imagine? I was going to say the Tasmanian Devil. Oh, there's another. <laughs> that's another. Okay. That's another good one. Wow. Now the now he would be entertaining. Couldn't you imagine the genie just randomly granting wishes throughout the crowd? Just, what? hey, hey, by the way, what's your wish? Yeah, done. <laughs> Absolutely done. Done. You only get three, so I'm going to pick that person. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. Done. Now, I will double answer this because I think the absolute worst campfire host would be the Minions. Because, oh, I don't know. They oh, might be kind of fun. Oh, no. One, they speak now, a lot. Tell sp- you what, my oh, sister, uh, with Joanne, she loves the Minions. She'd be saying, I, oh, no, that'd be perfect. I know, but she's she's loving them for all the wrong reasons. Oh, I just think they're funnier. Oh, you out, too. can't understand them, and they're no, like but, hurting cats. You can't cats. do that with the Tasmanian Devil, either. Well, that's true. Uh, that's that true. would be fun. Okay, so another, I think a crazy campfire one would be like Cinderella. Oh, she well, is she so you know, nice? Yes, yeah. yes. Come on, let's all get together and yes. listen to the birds sing. How for come a fire? How come? I don't think so. How come all of you didn't wear these great big dresses like <laughs> I have? No, you know Why who? Are you, so dirty? you know, along that same line, you know who would absolutely be a good campfire host Ooh. as a princess? Uh oh, Snow White. Think oh of, yes, Snow th- White. Think of all the birds and the yep, rabbits yep, and Snow all White that, that came around. She'd be talking. Yep. Yeah. She could talk. She could bring them all around. And the dwarfs. <laughs> They'd be whistling while they work. And there's a lot of work to be done around here, let me tell you. 
There are a lot of, there's a lot of work around here. Wow, you are the transition queen. You are. I gave you Snow White and you pulled it back to, there's a lot of work to be done in this camp. Well, there is. There really is. I mean, when you look around, that's 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 really really kind of cool. That's really good. Are you a camping person? What do you mean by camping? Well, did you, did your family grow up camping? Did you do that we for weekends? Had, we had a tent in the backyard. Does that count? Yeah, but did you? Well, that it does count. But did you go somewhere? You didn't Mm-mm. go anywhere. Mm-mm. Okay. No. So I guess okay. we're not tent camping. We're not. No. But you wanted to be outside. You wanted to sleep outside. I mean, we camped in our backyard too. Yeah. But tell me what the biggest worry would be if you went camping. Spiders. Really? Yeah. Bugs. I don't like gnats. And there were gnats all over us this morning. I don't like that. I know. I know you hand, you handled it well. Well, thank you. It's because I had a hat and I was swatting them all. Did you not see my hat flying around left and right? Um, I think, I really, I think that's it. I don't, well, I guess that would pretty much be it. We go camping when we go, well, I can't say really camping. We're in a cabin, a little 10 by 10 cabin, I guess. When we go to Sturgis, I consider that kind of camping. It my is husband pretty would call stinking that, close. My yeah. husband would call that uh, not really camping. It's I'm a candy ass. He calls me a candy ass. So, are you a glamper? Have you heard of that I've phrase? Heard of gl- yeah, my. In fact, I I've heard of it way long time ago. Really? Uh huh. Brian just just recently found out, and he's like, "What?" I said, "Yeah." Yeah. Okay, so there's no big that deal. That glamorous camping, you take yeah. everything that you possibly and want. You've got a carpet there, and you've got a yes. soft bed and a lamp. And, yeah, yes. that's. I think I could do regular camping. I mean, if I had a just a finite amount of time. Like camping for three days, I could do that. Well, I want to do it can? for like. Yeah. I don't want to do it for like two months. No, oh well, or a ooh, month no, like that. Your no, friend did. No. You know the biggest worry I have with camping, hands down, does not matter where I am. Go in the bathroom. Or no. Oh. I'm a guy. I can go to the bathroom oh, that's anywhere. That's true. You can. Yeah. yeah. That's one of my worries. Mine is the weather. The weather? Really? Oh my God. Well, you Either, don't like it hot, hot, do you? Well, because you can't sleep. You know, oh, when yeah, you blow around too. air, it's just blowing around more warm air. Yeah, that's I remember, here's a, here's a trick that I had. Uh, first of all, I take my, first of all, I change my clothes before I go to bed. Huh. Because if you have the least amount of dampness, then especially if you camp in the winter, uh, that will not be good for you. Okay. Okay, so you change so you clothes, okay. yes. Second of all, whatever your clothes are going to be for the next day, put them at the bottom of your sleeping bag. Oh. Yes. So they get warm. Yes. And dry. Yes. But it also helps your feet. If your feet are happy, the rest of your body is happy. If your feet are miserable, oh, forget it. You might as well just pack up and go home. Interesting. Yes. Interesting. Well, it also, I was yes. just thinking it also keeps the spiders away from your clothes. So you don't have to put your pants on and have spiders in there. Yeah. Yuck. And we're back to spiders. <laughs> you know, when you're in the heat, though, I mean, not only is it no sleep, but there are things you can't do. We were at a summer camp in Rose, Wisconsin. The camp was called Napawan. Wow. And it was 103 the entire week. Oh, wow. So keep in mind, you can't sleep well. You can't build any fires. They didn't really have any incentive for you to do skits and all that stuff because you're just so god-awful hot. Oh. The latrines were toxic, as you can imagine. Yeah. In the winter, 
you put more clothes on. In the winter, you want to build a fire. In yeah. the winter, you can do all kinds of cool stuff that most people don't even think you could do because they think of camping as being in the summer. Yeah, that, well, that's true. That's very much true. Yeah. That's very much true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I just found out that my nephew, John Paul, because I asked him, I'm like, well, okay, are you part of this? And what did you do for your project? And he says, I actually planted 256 trees for a nonprofit organic farm outside of Golden, Illinois for his Eagle Project. And yes, he oh. is the Order of the Arrow Brotherhood, second level. Now, oh. I don't know what that means. Is That's a level doing? ahead of me. Okay, well, he's second level. And <laughs> Good he's for not him. Sure on Jared. I think Jared's probably the same way, too, and I don't know what their project is. Good were. for him. So, yeah, so that's 250 cool. trees. 256. Good for him. Trees, which I think is pretty cool. Wow. Very, very nice. You know, we were talking about uh, building fires and stuff like that. You know, uh, we're very fortunate to have the dining hall that we do uh -huh. and the cooking staff, Bruce Small and the rest of the cooking staff that just do fantastic meals uh, three times a day. But, uh, you know, there's lots of times with Troop 123 where we will go out just as a troop. So you've got maybe 20 or 30 people and all your meals are cooked over the fire in a Dutch oven. Right. Well, one of my favorite meals, and this is one thing that Brandon Colmark was asking me, one was in a Dutch oven with chicken and rice. Oh, And okay. you can just sort of let it go. It's, it's like that with a Dutch oven. You throw your stuff in there, and then you walk away, and huh. 45 minutes later, you've it's got a done. fantastic meal. We cooked jambalaya one time. Oh, my gosh. Yes. We also have done um, chili. And in a Dutch oven? Oh yeah. Oh wow. And we used the bacon from that was left over in the breakfast. And I think that that is the reason that we ended up winning the award for the best chili in the entire camp that Cuz you had bacon in yeah, it. Yeah, because I don't and I, I hear don't, everything's better with bacon. Yeah, right? I don't I don't ah, think I don't, I don't think, think so. I don't think anybody else has leftover bacon. Yeah. No, no such thing. Yeah. Uh -uh. Yeah. Oh, but, that's interesting. But I'll tell you what I also love doing is you know if you take uh, ground beef and you take your carrots and potatoes and beans and stuff like that and you wrap it in foil mm -hmm. and you put it in the coals of your fire maybe six minutes something like that on each side and you open that foil up and you throw a little butter in there and it's just it's a ready-made meal right there and there's no cleanup you can do that also <laughs> on the grill as well. I know. Yeah, we've done that on the I grill. know. I don't I have to be out in the woods or in the fire or whatever. I, you see how the ambiance really <laughs> changes it a lot. Let me tell you about one let me tell you about one thing. You know, you and I have talked about cooking and you always tell me about well, it's very easy and you, you all you have to do is blah 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 and I go, Oh my god. I know I can't do it. I can't do it. All right, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to reverse the role okay, on Okay. So all I'm right. going to say I can't do all it. All right. Okay. You take glazed donuts. All right. And you cut the glazed donut in half. Okay. And you turn it to the inside so the glazed is now facing the glaze and you put a slice of pineapple. And in the hole Pineapple where? In between it? In between like a sandwich. Oh, okay. Okay, okay. with the glaze towards the middle. Okay. And you put some a little pat of butter. Okay. And you put brown sugar in the hole. Okay. And you wrap it in foil and you put it in the coals of the fire. Okay. And then you pull it out and you so open it up. Pineapple upside down. Can and you put a cherry on top and it melts in your ah. mouth. Well, we might have to try that. Well, that's when we go camping. Yeah, okay. <laughs> camping for the afternoon. Well, you know, the problem is here's the problem. 
we fix those types of meals on the fourth day, and you only want to go camping three days. I know. Oh, well, <laughs> that's okay. You can bring some home to me. <laughs> wow. Did she just require a camping carryout? Are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah. That's <Are> something you... <laughs> new. <laughs> camping carryout, please. Just deliver it this way. So I just bring those little styrofoam <laughs> containers. Oh, my dog loves those styrofoam containers. She knows that when we go out and about and we get doggy <laughs> bags, those are actually doggy boxes that are labeled Katie. Yeah, they that's Katie's Yeah, those boxes. are those are for me. She loves those. And when you open up that big door on the box and you put that styrofoam oh, in yeah. there and squeak, shut the door, squeak. she's going, whoa, 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 wait, whoa. Wait, wait. No, no, no. Do not it's, put it in the box. Me. Well, sometimes it doesn't even make it in out of the car because <laughs> she's eating it already. Yeah. Here's yeah. another question that Brandon gave me. He says, okay. what do you never, ever say out loud when you're at camp? What do you never say out loud when what you're at you? camp? I know. I had to think about it a couple of times. One, you never say, I'd rather be at home. Oh, really? If you okay. think it, you don't say it out loud. Okay. Why? Do they? Do you do go through some kind of hazing or something? <laughs> no, no. No? Okay. No, it's just a horrible admission. Oh, <laughs> you know what I'm okay. Saying? Okay. And the other one was, I forgot to pack my... Oh, underwear. Whatever. Socks. That's right. Jeans. Yeah, if it's okay. true, you don't say it out loud. <laughs> oh, wow. You just reuse or you dry them out or whatever. You know, one time I was camping with a church group and we were up at Sugar River and it was rainy and we were hiking and they decided to jog back to the campsite. I didn't know any of these people except the two people I came with. Okay. The path went down and sort of looped towards the river and then came back up the hill again. Okay. So it's like a little, you know, little angle, thing. angle thing. Yeah. So when I got down to that angle, I slipped on the mud oh, and no. I went into the river. <gasps> and it was in the fall, so you've got sweatshirts and heavy clothing oh, on. No. And I was tumbling and tumbling and tumbling and somebody had to jump in and get me and save me because I was maybe 10, oh, 11, something like that. Okay. Well, of course, all my clothing is completely wet. sopping wet and we were only staying one night it was a church camp out that was oh it so i didn't gosh. really have extras and of course i didn't know to bring them back then so they decided to you know they would gang together and all these people would contribute clothing and mm -hmm. i had a blanket and whatever mm -hmm. we're sitting around the fire well they decided to take my socks and my underwear and my shirt and all that stuff and extend them on sticks over and the be warm. Over the fire. Oh, and I can see where this and, is going. And dry them over the fire. Well, you know, these kids are used to cooking hot dogs. So guess what? You're everything burnt. Pretty much. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah. Yeah. No socks. That's no sort of, underwear. That sort of didn't work. Yeah. But I'm alive today to be able to tell the story. Thank you to that fellow that jumped in and got me. Oh, yay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you just yeah, tumbled yeah. around like in the tumble dry cycle of the I did <laughs> un until, the until they fished me out. That's crazy. Yeah. That's crazy, yep. too. Hey, I got a three by five card from Robert in Euclid, Ohio. Oh, okay. Robert wants to know name a movie with great music. Ooh. Um, I can tell you right now, I just saw the Elvis movie, and that's a good one. Oh. And what's the one about Queen? It was the. Um, Oh, Bohemian Rhapsody? Bohemian Rhapsody, yeah. Yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome my movie. first choices would be both versions of Footloose. I'm going to go back to my old standard, Pretty Woman and oh, Top Gun. What about I Grease? Like Grease is awesome, too. Grease what is the word. Oh, we're the, we're the same age. What about the Big Chill? <gasps> uh, you know what? Yeah, I kind of 
forget about the big chill. Do you yeah, really? I, I do kind of forget about that. I have to go back and look at that one again. Oh, but yeah. That was a killer, no pun intended. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like Guardians of the Galaxy. Ooh. We we play that for movie night at Scout Camp, and even though the kids are way beyond that soundtrack, uh-huh. they they just love the music. It's oh, really sort of cool. Oops, yep. Oops, oops. All of our stuff is blown away. Be right back. All right. Usually when things blow away, like when we were at the airport, I hold down the equipment, and Liz chases it down with whatever we lost. Did it rip the paper clip apart too? Yeah, well, there's one a paper clip in here. Oh, wow. There's something's okay. in there. All right. I don't okay. know. It's just, yeah, there it is. All right. We went Thank all you. The way, almost back to the, um, to the lodge or the mess dining, hall. Dining hall? Whatever, whatever you call mess it. hall. Yeah. Well, that's, I guess that's my Girl Scout thing coming yeah. through. Yeah. Mess hall or dining Yeah, that's hall. true. You hardly use that phrase. No, I don't. That's really sort of cool. You know what? There's one thing that I want to tell oh. people, and this is, this is a telling the audience as well as telling you, Liz, but there is something that we used in Scouts that so many people can use right now. It does not matter what you do for a living. Okay. It does not matter whether you're a parent or not. Okay. Because anybody you run into, you can use this same method. And it's called the EDGE method. And again, it's an acronym. So EDGE stands for explain, demonstrate, guide and enable okay okay so let's say for it's instance boy, it's a boy scout thing isn't it it's a very much yeah, a boy, it's scout, a boy thing. scout thing okay. so let's say for instance uh i'm going to teach you how to use a hatchet for the very first time <laughs> and the okay. and the limb is maybe i don't know three inches in diameter something like that okay and really i'm not asking you to necessarily chop it up in a pile of wood i'm just asking you to take a couple of strokes at the limb and not Kill yourself. Kill yourself or, uh, you Cut know, amp- an arm or amp- amputate or your foot. Yeah, 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 exactly. So I'm going to explain what we're going to do and that you have to do it at an angle and you have to hold it here and you have to do this. Okay, now I'm going to demonstrate. So I'm going to take that hatchet and I'm going to do it okay. and I'm going to show you what I just explained to you. And then you're going to guide me as I do it, right? Yes. And then what was the and last one? And then I'm going e. to enable you to do it by yourself. Oh. And okay. when you apply that formula to so many other things, baking or cooking would be a very yeah, good example. Yeah, yeah. Grilling and any garden work, Gardening, anything. Yeah, okay. Unbelievable when you stop and take those four steps as opposed to just throwing somebody in there and hoping that they will do their best. And of course, they're going to fail. And some of those old shits, they like seeing the younger kids fail. <laughs> oh, it's good for them. It's good for them. Fall down in the dirt. You know, figure it out yourself. What the? Thanks, bud. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. Yeah, three amputees later <laughs> and no firewood, and the yeah. poor kid doesn't know how to use a hatchet. You follow my point? I gotcha. Okay. I gotcha. All right. So that's just I my. I gotcha. That's, that's pretty that, cool. That's my little two cents. I like that. Good deal. Hey, so I have to tell you that this weekend I was actually talking to friends of ours at a little gathering and telling them about our podcast and Christina my new friend Christina who's actually from the Rockford area she says I have to ask you because this right now I'm just gonna sidetrack this is our 30th episode this is the final episode in season two haven't we told that to everybody else and we did not mention we have not mentioned that today until I just saw this three by five card and which which reminded me so our final episode in season two is right now today at canyon camp the boy scout camp thank you awesome so cool so christina says 
what has been your favorite podcast so far? <laughs> and I went, oh, Christina, <laughs> that is a loaded question because they're all fun for different reasons. For drastically different reasons. So I was like, oh, boy. So okay. how would you answer her? I had a hard time, but I'll tell you what, my very first one, the very first <gasps> in the cornfield was Are one of my very favorites. Are you kidding me? Yep, that was one of my favorites. Oh, my and we didn't know what we were we doing. We did not know what we were doing, but it was so much fun. We, I had to go field. back to the house and get other equipment because <laughs> peg one did not go into slot two. I it, know, right? It was really weird. And look how far we've come from there to here. Wow. And I think another one that was my favorite was at Millennium at the Bean. Oh, my. That was another of my favorites. Wow. You know, just it was just... She really made me think on that. So thanks, Christina. And I hope you like this one, too, because and this is also going to be one of my favorites. And I'm really encouraged that our answers are different. Really? What was yours? Yes. Uh, Starved Rock State Park okay. would be one. Uh-huh. And the other one is at WGN. Well, we're pretty close to WGN and the Bean. Yeah, yeah. the Chicago area. That was yeah, really cool. That, that was phenomenal. And I think it's because, you know, lots of times, well, no, not lots of times, pretty much every time, it conjures up conversations that you and I would not normally have. Uh, isn't, that, isn't that weird that it's because we're here, wherever here may be, and because you said this that made me think of that? Mm-hmm. I, th- I think people should take more advantage of that mm-hmm. and sort of savor in it. Lots of times I think they rush through conversations too quickly, mm-hmm. and I, I hope we have not done that. I hope everybody enjoys our podcast, Life's 3x5s, and I also hope they enjoy our website, Life's3x5s.com. And if you do, please go over to our tip jar. Yes. I love that little tip jar. Yeah. And um, put in a little coffee for us, a little donation, if you will. Mm-hmm. You know, And then you can check out all the pictures, too, when you're on the other tabs. You can see where we've been mm-hmm. and the photographs that go with those. Yeah, and sometimes I don't think we mention that enough in that, when we are like at the airport or something mm-hmm. like that, mm-hmm. we take a lot of pictures. We do. And we when do. we talk about the big UPS plane or the falls, St. Louis Falls at, at the park, uh, we have pictures for every episode. So we don't leave you in the dark. Right. And it's not just theater of the mind. We ended up posting probably more than we should yeah. on our on our website. And that's just part of the fun that we like to have uh-huh. with doing that. Uh-huh. We've got some interesting ones with a frog. Um, that we took Pictures, in the creek yeah. today. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's going to be a tell you, We're going to be talking with Seth and Lee coming up in just a little bit here as soon as we can find them. I know they're around here somewhere. I just saw them go by on the tractor. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know Seth earlier today when we first walked in, he said, oh, you guys, I've been listening and my favorite podcast was the Beefaroo <laughs> podcast. I was like, oh, Beefaroo. Who knew? You know? Yeah. Well, I hate to say it, but I have got to make a little potty stop. That's like your fourth outhouse today. Oh, my God. It's because I'm drinking all this water because oh, you're so hot. Yeah. You know, you got to replenish your electro- <laughs> electrolytes and whatever. So the water just goes right through me. Anyway, I can see the guys over there. So let me go bring them over. And okay. And you guys chat with them, and then I'm going to run outside quick. Okay, very good. Thank you. Well, good afternoon, Seth Kinnar. And Lee Binkley, would I ever think that I would have you two guys behind a microphone? Absolutely never, Tim. <laughs> now, Lee has always teased me that whenever he leaves a voicemail for me, he will say, Hi, this is Lee Binkley from WLEE, and I'm looking for Tim Larson. So, so somewhere along the line, you have wanted to be on the radio, right, Lee? 
Well, not that I necessarily wanted to be on the radio, but people have told me that I had a radio voice. So, uh, well, I think you have more of a radio face. <laughs> yes, but up, up, and here we go. It's a little on the hot side at Canyon Camp today. I forgot just how suffocating some of these summer days can be inside the dining hall. But uh, the food was great. The company was great. We took uh, a hike uh, to show Liz Wilder the. Uh, camp and all that it has, including buzzards and, um, you know, what is it? Bunnies. Was there bunnies? Okay, she saw the bunnies. But uh, let's start with Lee. Lee, you have been a director of this camp for how long? I was co-director for 16 years. I was the assistant camp director for 25, 30 years prior to that. Wow. Been on the staff since 1968, started in the kitchen. And you've decided to retire, quote unquote. And From my position with the administrative portion of it. Yes. yes. And, and pass the baton to Seth Kennard. Well, here at camp, I don't know if it's a baton, but we have lots of <laughs> sticks in the woods, so the stick has been passed. So are you still surgically attached to the tractor? I am. Yes. It's kind of like a, a ball and chain or a tether. I can only go so far from it. So what were you working on today, just to give people an idea? Um, at our other camp, uh, our sister camp, Camp Loudon in Oregon, Illinois, uh, they had some metal frames, bunk beds that we needed, and we went down to get those, and we now need that trailer available. So we're in the process of getting things transferred and getting some of our stuff ready for winter storage, actually, at this point. Now, isn't that weird? Because you're in, what, the fifth week of summer camp? Is that it? Uh, fifth week of being here, but it's our fourth week of scouts and campers being here. Okay. And already you're thinking of winter storage. Oh, yeah. We're always thinking months of ahead. We have to. That is so weird. Uh, you know, it was really sort of fun to tell the stories to Liz as we were walking through, because every step, whether it be the creek or whether it be archery or the health lodge, it doesn't matter where we step, I've got a story to go along with it because we've been here for so long. Uh, do you realize that the very first summer camp that Eric and I were here through uh, Troop 123 was when we had the first flood? Do you remember that? Uh, I remember quite a few floods here at camp. I'm assuming <laughs> you would have been talking of the 19, or yeah, 19, the 2010 or 2011 Yes, floods. 2010. 2010. Yeah. That's when the, the little, what I call them the sheds, you know, that you have for scout skills and potpourri and stuff like that. They were literally going down the field like they were tumbleweeds. And the bridge went out, and it, it was just, it was unbelievable that here we are in the most humid week known to man, and Thursday night of that week, uh, we had five inches of rain. And on Friday night of that week, we had six inches of rain. I mean, no place can take that kind of brutal you know, rain, especially a canyon. In 2010, the reference you make, it was almost like a video record uh, playback. We, like you said, we had this horrible weather. The very next night, the storms moved in, the sounds, the eerie mm -hmm. feeling from the night before all came back at us. Mm -hmm. uh, but even with all that stated, it has, it's pale in comparison to the flood that we had in 2017. Yes, yes. But, and you realize that 2017 flood happened just maybe a week or a week and a half before I was supposed to be the director of NYLT here. Correct. And Emily got on the phone and she says, uh, we can't do it at Canyon. 
we have to move it to Camp Loudon. And she says, I know you're disappointed because, you know, all of us had roots in Canyon one way or the other, especially when you've gotten to the level of NYLT. And she says, look at it this way. You know how to drive a car. Well, yeah. She goes, Camp Loudon is just a different car. You just have to know where the pedals are that are a little bit different from Canyon. And that set me at ease. And Brandon Colmark, you remember Brandon Colmark? We do. Uh, he was my SPL, and um, we ended up pulling it off. Uh, but it was so different. You know what I mean? When you're not at Canyon and you're used to being at Canyon, it was so different. I'm not saying it's good or bad. It was just really different. You know what I mean? We all have our comfort zone, our, our home, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And yes, you're right. When you have uh, that familiarity of the camp, how it operates, and in your mind, things should be done in a certain way. When you go on to another location, uh, the, the rules become sometimes different and uh, the personalities are different. And yeah. It takes you out of that comfort zone. But um, it's one of the nice things in, in many ways about the scouting program. It, it gives us the opportunity to meet other people mm-hmm. and the interaction there then builds and it's good for one and all. Yeah, it, and that is one of the best things about scouts. Not only do I tell people that if you've ever wanted to try something, that's your opportunity just to try it. If you go back to archery and you go, that's not for me, but you, you at least tried it. On the other hand, that could turn into a whole different set of dominoes that fall down. And Seth, I'm sure you hear that and see that over and over and over, because you're how old now? I am 24 years old. And when's the last, or when's the first time you were at Canyon Camp? First time being at Canyon Camp was 2009, when I was a first year scout here. <laughs> that math. just doesn't do seem right, math. does it? Yeah, the math doesn't add up. No, because <laughs> because did you ever wear that that badge that said snotty nosed scouter? Because I I think you probably have fit that somewhere along the line, haven't you? I remember in particular, I think I was a second year scout. I refused to go to the church service and was helping build a dam in the creek instead with my friends. <laughs> And then I remember my scoutmaster, Dave Logan, eventually came to get us, let us know that we were in the wrong. <laughs> Went back later to finish building our dam just because we could. You know, yes. the things that scouts do. Yes. And that's just the great part of camp. It's a safe place to fail, just like the scouting program offers. You can try new things. It might lead into a future vocation, maybe a hobby, mm-hmm. like just a fun thing to do in the background and just set you up for life. And mm-hmm. so I remember those things. I learned from it. Funny memories along the way. Yeah. And it's all thanks to the adults that help make it happen. And now you can pass that on to those people that maybe look a little hesitant. There's always these scouts that it may be their first time away from home. You know, summer camp, they're with a bunch of other people that they all know the other people. But if you forget your socks or you didn't bring enough underwear, that's mm-hmm. on you, dude. Yeah. I mean, come on. <laughs> there's, I, I can't help you with underwear. Again, back to underwear. Here we go with underwear again. Um, but but it leaves I some... I told you we'd get back there. <laughs> I know. And, and some of that responsibility is you just need to nudge them a little bit. And then all of a sudden, yes, you can pull the trigger on that 22. You have to do it safely. You have to listen to what we tell you to do. But I'm guessing give it about four or five shots and you're going to really like to do this. And that's what you see over and over again. Oddly enough, do you know what our marketing tagline was for the summer? Uh Uh-oh, here we go. It was try something new in 22. Yes, I do remember that. 
And it and it's so true. And I'm really wondering, what was that phrase where you say where it's okay to fail? Uh, I believe scouting and or camp gives you a safe place to fail. A safe place to fail. Why have we never seen that on a t-shirt? Come on, that's, <laughs> that's a, a good point. That's a trading post item. It really is. <laughs> I mean, and that's your job. you know what? You know what's so funny? Here's Seth Kinnar, who I've known for a very long time. Again, he wore that badge that is the snotty-nosed first-time camper. He did. I remember that. But now he's got a radio on his hip. He's got a full beard. He's got a name <laughs> tag that says Canyon Camp Staff. He looks pretty official. How do you pull it off? Because sooner or later, they're going to catch up with you, aren't they? You know, I don't know, Tim. <laughs> I got a lot more years to keep making mistakes and learning so much more. Yeah. I'm just and, happy to be serving. And you see, and you see when he answers like that, you're going to run for office soon <laughs> because you answer just like a politician. <laughs> well, Tim, no, I really, I think, you know, I think we're going to be doing okay. Yes, that's that's very fun. What has been your, because uh, this is your first year as, as director, what, yes. what has been your first eye-opener having been on staff for so many years and you could say, geez, I never saw that coming. Because now you're looking at this camp through different eyes. Right. Yeah. In a way, some of the background things that camp directors have to do, you know, leadership-wise, making the tough decisions, I was kind of shown that from Dick and Lee in previous years. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it was that first time we had a storm come through camp, and I realized, oh, yeah, it's my decision that literally shapes whether or not the scouts and leaders and everyone needs to go into the dining hall safely, the timing yes. of it and everything. Yes. And, you know, with the support of the rest of my admin staff, Alex Klepping is our assistant camp director, Mm -hmm. as well as Adam Swisher, our program director. We made the decision. We made it happen. And we got everybody safely in the dining hall before the rain started. Did you have to spend the night in the dining hall? We did not. Luckily enough, for that first week, it was a Tuesday evening. Uh, It was only maybe an hour, 15 minutes, hour 30, just a quick sell that went over. So it was a nice practice run. Yeah. And the sheriff department is very, very good to you guys as far as letting you know. Because, granted, we have had issues over the years because you're down in a canyon (laughs) that you don't necessarily get the best coverage that you've wanted right although you guys have upgraded that and sometimes because of being a canyon and you can't see the horizon you don't see it coming necessarily and all of a sudden it's on top of you right and you know i can attest when things get wet they don't dry out just (laughs) as quickly how do you get everybody all together when they're spread out like that do you ring the bell? Mm-hmm. We do, actually. So mm-hmm. the bell would normally ring for a mealtime thing, but also we have sirens set up near our health lodge. And so we actually, on Sunday, just yesterday, we bring all the scouts and leaders together on the first day and basically demonstrate, here's what the bells and sirens will sound like for these different types of emergencies. If the weather is great outside, we'll line up outside by the bell. If the weather's not so good, we'll actually go inside the dining hall by your assigned table so that the staff can make sure all the scouts and leaders are accounted for. If we're outside, it's the SPLs of each troop to make sure their scouts are there. The patrol leaders within the staff make sure the staff's there. That's a way of making sure everyone's together and safe. And so everyone in camp can hear the bells and sirens. They're all brought together so we can make sure we're all happy, safe, and healthy. Some campers have to come a lot further than others if they're way up on the bluff. But either way, they sort of know where to accumulate and, uh, and how to follow instructions. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lee, I have to ask you, you've been around for quite a while, so what's been one of your big memories, with or without Tim? (laughs) You know I'm always trying to get the dirt on him. Oh, boy, that's a tough question. Um, Probably my most vivid memory when you talk about storms and bad weather. Uh, Back in the 1970s, we would cook 
uh, raw chicken. You had a quartered chicken rather than the, the simplified meals that we now use, but we had raw chicken, baked potatoes, green beans, and you cooked it over the open fire. And as we got just about ready to eat, a storm moved in and across the horizon, we were up on top of the hill, looking out across the horizon, you could see a green, very ominous look. And they always explain how when you see a tornado coming or hear it coming, you hear that freight train sound, mm -hmm. which I experienced. And then the trees around us were suddenly bending in pretty much parallel to the ground at that point. Um, I had everybody join hands. We formed a chain and we walked down the trail together. When we got to the open area down here in the bottom of the canyon uh, to get to the dining hall, uh, the rain was, it looked like it wasn't hitting the ground. The wind was so strong, it was parallel. And we got down here and so that, you know, in terms, oh, wow. there's lots of wonderful memories, obviously, but in terms of something that really jumps out, that I, I still have stayed in contact with one of the scouts that was, you know, became a professional scouter and a leader years later. And um, one of the first things that would be brought up is that night that they were just about ready to eat, and it was a, a scary evening. Yeah. But we followed the plan as prescribed, and we got to the low area of the canyon, and everybody was good. Yeah. You know, some of those nice uh, memories that I was telling Liz as we were walking the, the camp, uh, we predominantly stayed in tall timbers or in church campgrounds. Church campsite is sort of away. It's over by the chapel. It's over by the health lodge. There's not a whole lot of noise activity. And that's where I think we saw the most wildlife, where you open up your tent zipper in the morning and here comes turkeys prancing through, or a fox, or one time we saw an albino deer. And just that kind of tranquil quietness, and that's how you start your day. I mean, you may end it in a human chain going down to the dining hall in the middle of a tornado, <laughs> but uh, usually there's an owl hooting to wake you up at about five o'clock, which five o'clock is not the most appropriate time. It's those kind of things that you just cannot duplicate in a lot of places. And I'm sure you guys have experienced that over and over and over again. Absolutely. And uh, I think one of the more, when you talk about a feeling of peace or tranquility, um, we've had uh, some bald eagles in the area over the last 15 years. Um, we think there's a nest someplace north mm -hmm. of us along the Apple River, but they do come down through the canyon and uh, visit from time to time. Mm -hmm. A couple years ago, we actually perched on a tree right across from the boating area. So it was fun just to stand there and observe that. Uh, you come down to camp a lot in what we call the off season, in other words, August through May. Mm -hmm. And uh, from time to time, take a walk around camp and sure enough, the eagles are there to greet you, so. Yeah, we saw a lot feeling. of stuff like that because I'm on the Properties Improvement Committee and we are down here in the off season and doing random projects. Uh, I mean, it could be as simple as changing switch plates or it could be re rebuilding, you know, the shutters that go on the staff cabins. Uh, so it's a variety of stuff and it's because you're quiet. You know, when you don't go through the woods ranting and raving and, you know, banging on pans, then uh, nature is a little bit more inviting to you. And that's where all of a sudden something may sneak up on you. I remember when we were on the, on the back 40, what I call the back 40, is you're going from what is now the zip line to the barn. 
that grassy area there. That is where we had the overnight for our OA in 2013. And the gnats were sort of aggravating today, but the gnats that night would pick you up and carry you away. And of course, you know, you haven't had a whole lot to eat and you haven't said anything for 24 hours and you have to sleep, you know, 12 feet away or whatever the case may be. And it's dewy and natty and humid and rainy and everything else. And then all of a sudden you roll over at three o'clock in the morning and there's a deer looking at you right in the eye going, what are you people doing here? And then you try to get back to sleep and then you roll over and then there's a raccoon or two that are wondering the exact same thing. What are you people doing here? And then, of course, we're gone the next day. But we did. Liz was asking me about my OA work day. And that's when we rebuilt the benches in the chapel. Do you remember that? That's what we did for that OA work. That would have been 2013. Projects come in all sorts of forms. Um, most recently, uh, this summer, we have been working with uh, a reconstruction, actually a rebuilding of the trail, the foot trail that goes from the main area up to Lookout Campsite. Okay. Uh, several years ago, we did the one going to Mound Point Campsite okay. uh, involving the construction of switchbacks with railroad ties yeah. and then filling them in with creek gravel and then crushed rock over the top. So it was about a three-year project to build that one. And we've got a great start this summer with the help of the Order of the Arrow workers and volunteers that have stepped in to make that happen. Very good. You know, I heard a rumor from John Wurzel that I think it was you, Seth. I'm not really sure that when you were at college, you put out sort of an APB to anybody that was in the scouting program at your college. They had no connection to Canyon. <laughs> now he's nodding his head going, yeah, you're the guilty party. <laughs> Tell me about how you recruited these people for this weekend of really, really hard work. Oh, that's a funny story. So this was back in 2017. I was part of Alpha Phi Omega. It's a co-ed national service fraternity. Uh, found on the Scout Oath and Law. So a lot of previous Boy Scouts or Girl Scouts would join this organization when they get to college. So of course we're always looking for opportunities for service projects. And I knew about the Woodcutters Ball event and I knew that there was work to be done. I basically asked the chapter, hey, who wants to get a week in a service hours for me? I'll host you at my house, we'll go to Beefaroo, teach you all about the Rockford way of things. And they're all from Southern Illinois, Missouri. They don't know what's going on up here. So they almost didn't understand the incentives. When you say I'm gonna take you to Beefaroo, that's not necessarily something they get. Right, no, no, no. That's hilarious. As my friends will make fun of me for, I never truly explained what we'd be doing. So they all showed up ready for work and they didn't realize they'd be hauling buckets of gravel from a trailer for a few hours. But at the end of the day, they looked back up that trail, <laughs> saw the progress we did, and they were proud of that. Yeah. And, you know, the few years since then, we've come back. And I brought more people from the chapter of APO, making the trip out, staying in my house Whoa. again, swinging through Bifuru, going to the apple orchard even, because it's just barely open at that time of year. You went that far? Yeah. It's wow. four and a half hours from Southern so, Illinois University. So obviously Airport. after that first weekend, somebody went back and said, for a good time, <laughs> see Seth Kinnar, <laughs> and they believed them. Because they jumped on the bandwagon and came with you. I guess so. Wow. How many people total between those two times? Are we talking like 20 people? I think the first time I had brought individuals up was a group of four. Okay. Um, but then the year John is referring to in particular, I think I had maybe nine or ten people come on down. And so over the years, we've had more. I had a bunch of alumni for the chapter come this just this last fall. Um, obviously, having graduated from there, I don't have the same connections to the chapter anymore. But the yeah. alumni, I'll still text them every now and then and... Hey, we're going back to camp this weekend. Hop in the car. And we came back, and we actually built the hammock hangout that we just installed over there. 
However, we've learned that I'm not that great at concrete work, and so one of the posts is currently out. Oh. Uh, so Lee has lots to teach me still. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah. It's just coming back, doing something that makes a difference, getting some service hours, and good. you know, experiencing the sense of place that's here at camp. Yeah. the The camp looks really good, and I have a lot to compare it to. Um, you remember where we had the tree stumps and the down trees in the middle of the flag uh, field? Um, that looks really good. The the back forty. I mean, the White House is down. And the progress is moving along on the barn. The creek is a little low, though, isn't it? Uh, it's gone up and down. We've had oh, the, really? the last couple of weeks here. We've had a couple of really heavy storms, and the level has come up. We had no major flooding, but we did have our footbridge wash out and had to be pushed back into place. So um, overall, I not bad. I saw that, but I I also saw you crossing that river creek whatever creek. it is in your tractor and it didn't look very hard at all oh because he likes doing that yeah uh, yeah no, that is coon creek and it's a tributary into the apple river out in front of us mm -hmm. um, the apple river canyon that we are part of uh, is part of the uh, unglaciated area of northwest illinois and uh, the topography here, uh, the geography that we have is a, really a very special place. So It is. Yes, the water goes up and down, and yes, the tractor will make it through. And and what's amazing is, you know, we talk about winters and, and floods and all the stuff, tornadoes, and all the things that happened in the Midwest. But it is amazing, over and over and over again, the amount of volunteers that jump on and say, what do you need me to do? And it happens year after year after year. Even if you have a year with no weather catastrophes whatsoever, nothing, they say, what do you need me to do? And it could be improving something. It could be destroying something, you know, like the tree stumps and getting the, and it's just amazing the amount of people that long after their kids are way out of scouts that they are still tied to the camp. They are. This most uh, recent workday that we had was the first weekend in May. Uh, the Monroe, Wisconsin Kiwanis Club has sponsored our um, spring work weekends for 47 years and our fall woodcutters mm -hmm. day for 45 years. And through that time, uh, this most recent event, we had about 75 to 80 people come in as volunteers. And like every event we have, we tr uh, accomplished a tremendous amount of work. Many, many projects were completed. Um, and you're right, a lot of those people that were here have had uh, scouts uh, as youth. Now mm -hmm. they're coming back with mm -hmm. their parents and even their children, which are too young to do the projects. But they're showing that generational turnover and that ongoing support that we have for camp. And it's also funny that you'll have a lot of people that are well into their senior years and they figure they can't help anymore and it's amazing when you say well this needs to be done and this needs to be done and this and you go yeah I can I can pick up sticks for crying out loud because getting all those sticks off of here so it makes life a lot easier for Bob Boyer it, it, it makes so much more sense when you put it in their terms no I know you can't clean the pool for crying out loud but collectively, all of a sudden, they get those little bitty things done in one day. That's what's amazing. We also have the opportunity, uh, like I said, and we're sponsored by the Mineral Kiwanis. And uh, 
I will soon be 70, but I'm one of the younger members in the Kiwanis Club. I know you are. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, we, we push hard the idea that, yes, we know you can't come down and climb a ladder and do the projects that sometimes have to be done, but just the camaraderie of having them come in to show the support. Uh, the Kiwanis Club has given us in excess of $60,000 over those years for projects and uh, sponsoring the food for our meals. But just to come in and be part of it, take a day to get out in the woods and enjoy nature too. And plus they've got the experience that can help you, such as Seth, like you were talking, the concrete work. You know, they could tell you how to do it or at least their experience and maybe doing it a little bit better. Mm -hmm. Well, there's one clarification we should make here. Uh -oh. When you say, <laughs> tell him how to make it and him listening to <laughs> how to make it are two different things. Doesn't that pertain to biscuits and gravy more than cement? Doesn't yeah. it? I really like biscuits and gravy, but I'm not sure what you mean. <laughs> Sometimes I just give you crap and I have absolutely no basis on it. You realize that, right? Oh, Ask yeah. your dad. I hang around with your dad a lot. Mm -hmm. He will tell you the exact same. I will tell stories about <laughs> Seth, which are not true. They don't exist. But I'm testing your dad. And, of course, he knows that I've been in camp with you without him. So how can he doubt it? Well, then I just, you know, sort of yank him along a little bit because we're sitting there watching a football game or something. Well, now he's moved to Tennessee, so now he doesn't make it as easy for me to give you crap through him. That's true. And maybe <laughs> he'll listen to this podcast and give you a call. Oh, you that's possible. Well, there guys, thanks a lot. Again, it's Seth Kennar and Lee Binkley. We are at Canyon Camp, now celebrating their 86th year just outside of Stockton, Illinois. Guys, thank you so much for all you've done, and good luck in the future. I really appreciate it. And thank you for the opportunity to be part of this. And for those of you watching and listening to this, uh, if you get the opportunity to come out to nine miles northwest of Stockton, Illinois, come on out and see us on a visitor's night. Thank you. Appreciate you very much. Yeah, thanks, you guys. We appreciate it. That was a lot of fun. That was fun. It was, it's interesting to learn about the stories and learn about the place. I'll and tell you. They I are, didn't know they had visitor nights. They are walking encyclopedias. They really are. Yes. They really are. Now, you see the, the two big teepees that are behind yes. us and, and the, the fancy stacked up fire. Yep. Uh, this whole area all the way back to where we are is filled full of people on Wednesday nights. Is that the visitor's night that yes. they talk about? And that's family night and they do the, the skits and they oh, okay. do... Uh, just a, a variety of things, including uh, they bring people into the OA, a lot of Native American stuff. They have beautiful headdresses oh, wow. in Raleigh Cabin, which is the, the Canyon Camp Museum. They do wonderful dancing. My favorite is when they incorporate a hoop, the hoop dance. Okay. It's phenomenal. Well, what happens too is they put somebody across Coon Creek up on the other side of, of the shoreline. So they simulate a, a, an arrow that is on fire oh, that fun. he supposedly shoots yeah. across the creek into the fire. Well, it's, it's it comes this, down this yeah, wire. It comes yeah. come down on wiring and it's this ball of fire. Well, they've got the uh, fire so, or the logs <laughs> so juiced up that it's just, it's just part of Whoosh. the show. Yes, it's part of the show. And if, that is your first time going to summer camp. That's how you start. And it, oh, they love it. It's so cool. So anyway, it's been a fun day. We've got a little breeze. And we've been here since 10 o'clock this morning. And I think it's about 2 o'clock in the afternoon. So it's been a full day. 
Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's been fun. I love it. Well, thanks for playing along, Liz Wilder. And you're very welcome. And so everyone enjoy as we wrap up our second season. Yeah. Wow, of life's yeah. three and by five. And you know fives. what? We and have nothing scheduled for the third season. Do you Not realize yet. that? So because we're going <laughs> to ask for your help. If you happen to know of a place that you'd like for us to visit, you think might be interesting, or you have questions for us, go to our website, lifes3x5s.com, click mm -hmm. on the contact tab, and fill out the little forms down below. We'll look at them. We'll read them. We'll yes. you know, consider going to those places, yeah, too. And, and keep in mind, we have listeners in 38 states and about 10 different countries. <laughs> so we, we might not get to the other yeah, countries Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we know that you're not going to specifically tell us a place that we can travel to right. we understand that but give us a category yeah, just give us help. a category that you love in your country or in your state and we'll find a parallel here does that make sense i love that okay I all love right that. thank you liz i really appreciate it this has thank been fun you, Tim. see ya till next time everybody take care thank you for joining liz wilder and tim larson if you'd like to offer a conversation topic suggestion or contribute to the tip jar in support of this podcast, visit lifes3x5s.com. In the meantime, watch our Facebook page for more reasons to join us at another remote location for more unscripted stories on Life's 3x5s.